Hi there. Thank you for joining us on the Redeemer Church Podcast. Here at Redeemer, we exist to see Christ exalted in our church, community, and world. It is our mission to lead people into the presence of God, devotion to His Word, authentic fellowship with others, and discovering their ministry. We hope this podcast is just one of the ways you connect to God's presence this week. Let's check out this week's message. It is a joy to gather together in the house of the Lord. We're glad, whether you're in person or online, we're glad to have you joining us here at Redeemer this morning for worship. In case I've not had the chance to meet you, my name is Daniel Bunn, and I'm a full-time professor of Old Testament at ORU, and I'm the guy they call in here at Redeemer around kids' vacations and holidays when all the other pastors are out of town uh, to fill in, so here I am. Uh, it's always a joy to be here. I'm honored to be, be invited to share today. We're continuing today in a series of parables. We're looking at all the many parables that Jesus taught in his ministry. And the parable I want to consider today comes to us from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And you're welcome to follow along in your own Bible or in the Bible located under the seat in front of you. Uh, it will also be displayed on the screen behind me, or you may simply listen as I read Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? God, may your spirit prepare our hearts and minds to receive what you might say to us today through this parable. Amen. Some of the parables that Jesus tells, some of which we've looked at so far, are often long and detailed. We've looked in recent weeks, for instance, at the parable of the prodigal son. Last week, we looked at the parable of the sower. And each of these parables involves multiple characters, a fairly detailed plot, And in these parables, Jesus is often subtle about identifying his target audience. In the parable of the prodigal son, you might remember that we meet a man who is a younger brother, as he's called. But we learn quickly that he represents and connects in some way with the tax collectors and sinners with whom Jesus had been dining. We meet an older brother who, in some sense, represents and connects with the religious leaders who had been grumbling about Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners. 
In the parable I just read, Jesus names the characters. No longer is it older brother, it's Pharisee. And no longer is it younger brother, it's tax collector. Thankfully, in this parable, Jesus doesn't keep us guessing as to who the good guy and who the bad guy is. We can pick our sides more easily in this parable. This Pharisee, he's standing confidently in a position of prominence in the temple, thanking God that he's not like a thief, an adulterer, a murderer, or heaven forbid, worse than all of them, a tax collector. Coming up on April 15th, as we are, we might applaud this man on his ability to identify the real enemies. And of course, he's not just talking disparagingly about all tax collectors. There is an actual tax collector in the temple with him. Thank you, Lord, that I am not like that guy. I mean, that would really liven church up if instead of saying things such as, Lord, keep us from the way of sinners, we said, Lord, please don't let my life look anything like Bill's back here on the back row. Now, this Pharisee, he contrasts sharply in the way he postures himself with this tax collector. Almost step by step, Jesus differentiates these two men. One is a Pharisee. One is a tax collector. One is standing in a central position. One is standing far off. One thanks God for his own righteousness. One acknowledges his lowliness. Pretty straightforward as far as parables go. I could imagine the disciples hearing this parable would know exactly what Jesus was saying to them. The Pharisee is the bad guy. The tax collector is the good guy. Watch out for Pharisees. Welcome tax collectors. Easy enough. I guess that we should probably say a bit more about these characters involved. The Pharisee, for instance. <clears throat> Too often the Pharisees are so, off, are so easily considered the bad guys, especially by Christian readers. And this has often led, tragically, to harmful readings of the text. Sometimes we read the word Pharisee and we think Jewish person. And this has caused real harm. So I want to be sensitive to the harm that has been caused when we interact with these characters. But even in just Luke itself in the gospel, it's just not the case that the Pharisees are always bad guys. Sometimes they're more neutral. Sometimes they're searching, they're seeking, they're asking questions of Jesus. And even occasionally, they're the good guys. So it's just not obvious that all Pharisees are bad. Plus, I mean, look what this guy is doing. He's praying. He's fasting. He's giving. I mean, those aren't obvious red flags. If you heard that someone was out giving, uh, praying, fasting, and giving, you wouldn't think to yourself, where did that parent, those parents go so wrong with that kid? He was such a sweet young boy, and now he's out in the streets praying, fasting, and giving. In the time of Jesus, the Pharisees were known, perhaps, as the ones who took most seriously the holiness of God. <clears throat> we often think of them, and we might use words such as hypocritical or legalistic to talk about them, but the reality is a little bit more complicated. 
They were known for being so determined to honor God's law that they wanted to avoid that thin line between good and bad and rather push on to what is pleasing in God's eyes. They didn't want just barely to get by. They wanted to go above and beyond. The reason why they show up so often in the Gospels is probably less because they're obvious bad guys and more because they're actually so close to what Jesus was saying and doing, even if they were ultimately on a different trajectory than Jesus. I mean, even elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus can say things such as what he says in Matthew 5. He says to his disciples there, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. They were known for being righteous. So this guy isn't obviously the bad guy just because he's a Pharisee. This surely isn't a call to watch out for all Pharisees. And not only the Pharisee, but there's more to say about the tax collector. I mean, these tax collectors spent their lives collecting the toll on behalf of the Roman Empire. They had positioned themselves not as friends of the Jewish community, even though they themselves were Jewish men. They had aligned themselves with the invading superpower. So this guy isn't obviously the good guy just because he's a tax collector. Jesus surely isn't saying to them, his disciples, that they need to presume that all tax collectors are humble and seeking God. So considering these two types of characters adds a little bit of nuance to what Jesus might be saying in the parable. Also important when we read parables is to consider the way the parable is framed, what comes at the beginning and what comes at the end. Precisely because these parables are so memorable, we tend to forget their location in the text. We forget why the parable was told in the first place and how Jesus, how Luke, tell us to read the parable. So what does Luke provide us regarding this parable? Well, he says in verse 9, as I already read earlier, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Now, it might not be obvious in that line, but there are resonances throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, found in that one line. For instance, this phrase, confident of, they were confident of their own righteousness, it's used throughout the Psalms. Psalm 11, for instance, begins in this way, though translated a bit differently. It's actually the same language. Psalm 11 begins, I take refuge in the Lord. That phrase, I take refuge in, that's the same exact phrase as they were confident of their own righteousness. So in other words, back to our parable, we could say these people to whom this parable is addressed are taking refuge in their own righteousness rather than in the Lord. So it's not just that he's a Pharisee, it's that he took refuge in his own righteousness. And as verse 9 also goes on to say, Look down on everyone else. So that's what we get from the beginning of the parable. What about the end of the parable? What does Jesus say in the end? In verse 14, he says, For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. 
He's telling the disciples that everything this Pharisee is doing in the parable represents his exalting of himself, and therefore he will be humbled. And likewise, the tax collector, everything he's doing represents his humbling of himself, and therefore he will be exalted. So not only does this Pharisee look down on others, he exalts himself at the expense of others. And if you've been reading Luke up to this point, you know that this is not the sort of behavior that Jesus likes. In fact, he uses this same exact line word for word in Luke 14, verse 11, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So if we put all this together, the way these characters are nuanced, what happens at the first, what happens at the end of this parable, if we put all this together, we see that Jesus is addressing this parable to people who exalt themselves, take refuge in their own righteousness, and look down on others. So it's not quite as straightforward as just saying the Pharisees, the, the bad guy, and the tax collectors, the good guy. But I can imagine the disciples hearing this parable still knew who Jesus was talking about. It's still obvious to them who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. And the disciples know which side they're on. I mean, they had come to Jesus humbly. Many were fishermen. Some were actual tax collectors. I mean, imagine the tax collector among Jesus' disciples hearing this parable. Whew, I'm the good guy in this one. They hadn't regarded themselves as righteous they hadn't looked lowly on others. They're so much better than this Pharisee in the parable, aren't they? I mean, you can almost hear them saying, God, I thank you that I am not like this Pharisee. I can't wait to see what happens after this. I bet the disciples, having heard this parable, go out from here reassured in their own humility, affirmed in their own dependence on God's grace, I'm sure they will go out of this episode eager to follow in the footsteps of this humble tax collector, aware of their own need of God's mercy, humbling themselves, and not looking down on others. I bet that's what they do. And I'm, I'm just so excited to see it. I, I want to go ahead and do, let's just do that together. Let's just look ahead because I want to see how this works itself out in these disciples. So let's just look elsewhere in Luke. Let's see. You know, let, let's just begin with the next passage. So we ended with verse 14. Let's just read Luke 18, 15 and see what happens there. I'm excited to see how they handle themselves. Okay, so verse 15, people were also bringing babies to Jesus. Babies, pretty humble creatures, just like that tax collector. For him to place his hands on them. That's really sweet, moving. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. They, like the tax collector in the parable, humbly push children away from Jesus. Okay, well, that's the passage right after they heard the parable. We all know it takes time for these sorts of things to grow in us. It takes time for us to mature, so it's not fair to judge them based on that interaction. Let's move on down a bit later in the chapter. Give them some time to work this out. Let's go down later into Luke 18. Let's see here. Okay, down in 1835, there's a blind man. Here's another opportunity for them to show themselves how they will interact with someone who is a humble character. 
Let's see what they do. I bet they will regard him with honor rather than contempt. Let's, let's look at Luke 18, 35. I'll read this. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Just like the tax collector, same words, interesting. Those who led the way, his disciples rebuked him. Hmm. So now they tell a blind man crying out for mercy to shut up. Okay, we're still in Luke 18. Still not fair to them. We need, they need more time. They need more time. Let's just go to the very end of all of this. Let's go to the Last Supper. Surely by the Last Supper, by then, the night Jesus is betrayed, the night he's about to die in humility, surely by then they get it. Let's look at Luke 22. Luke 22. So lots going on in Luke 22. Let's skip on down. Let's see. There's the Last Supper itself. Okay, Jesus takes some bread. This is my body given for you. Blood, or this cup is my blood poured out for you. He talks about how one of them will betray him. <clears throat> okay, we get to Luke 22, verse 24. Here is the disciples' first response to Jesus having just given them the Lord's Supper. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. So on the night Jesus was betrayed, on the night when he's going to die in humility, they are arguing over who is the greatest. Okay. Maybe they didn't get the parable after all. <clears throat> it seems like they got worse after the parable. They went out and they start viewing themselves as more righteous. They regard others with contempt. They're literally exalting themselves as they sit around the table the night before Jesus is betrayed and killed. Were they not listening to the same parable that I heard? Did they miss it? They're rejecting babies, shutting up blind people, arguing over which one of them is the greatest. If you go back to the parable that we started with, it's almost like they are now the ones the parable is addressed to. It's almost as if when Luke told us the point of the parable, he didn't just say that Jesus told this parable to Pharisees. Perhaps it really wasn't about Pharisees after all. Maybe the boundary between good guy and bad guy isn't so solid. Maybe trying to draw that boundary in the first place is itself problematic. When we try to draw a line between the good guy and the bad guy, we necessarily position ourselves as the good guy, and then we look down on the other person, and we can't help but exalt ourselves when we do that. Maybe this is what happened with the disciples. I just cannot imagine what it must have been like to be one of those disciples by the end of all this. How foolish were they? Here they were judging people such as the Pharisees for their own self-righteousness when they would do the same thing. And ironically, they're using their own humility to exalt themselves. They clearly didn't get the parable. And to be honest, I'm a little embarrassed for them. I got it. Didn't you? It's simple. 
I'm glad I'm not as foolish as they are. I can so obviously see the mistakes they made in exalting themselves over others. I would never do what they are doing. I'm so much better than they are. God, I thank you that I am not like those disciples. Would you pray with me? Oh God, it is our human tendency to seek to better ourselves, to raise ourselves over others, even at their expense, to exalt ourselves, to praise ourselves. But when we look at the life of Jesus, we see that at the heart of who you are, is humility. You were willing to humble yourself even to death on a cross, Jesus. On our behalf, so that we might be free from these sinful patterns of self-exaltation. Even while we were enemies, while we were the bad guys, you so loved us that you gave yourself for us. This day and all days, may we never lose sight of our dependence on you and your unending mercy. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Once again, thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church Podcast. To stay connected with all that God is doing here at Redeemer, you can visit RedeemerTulsa.org or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Have a blessed week.